Tyler. Yeah. Okay, technical difficulties aside, we are going. Mm, yeah. Okay, you put sco school Chromebooks in here, and I'm curious. Because <clears throat> I bet I have a really unique viewpoint on this working for a school division. Uh, well, I put that on there because a fuck ton of school divisions were already using them. It yep. started in the fucking COVID era when a bunch of stuff had to go online for even the lower grades. So everyone mm -hmm. was getting Chromebooks because you all you needed was a Chromebook to be able to ask, access some Word documents and jump into a Zoom meeting with your teacher or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so Google <clears throat> sold a fuck ton of these things under the guise that, hey, like they're super cheap because you don't need a whole lot of power in them. It does what you need. And now <clears throat> a bunch of schools are reporting that like three years in these Chromebooks are basically fucking paperweights that they can't do anything. They are no longer receiving updates because I mean, it also depends on what manufacturer you bought the Chromebook from, right? Cause we all know how fragmented Android's bullshit fucking OS updating system is. So you get yep. some getting updates, some not, some apps working, some not, all this other shit. And basically you have schools throughout not just the United States, but up here in Canada as well, that are basically piling them up, you know, 100 stack high and taking them to an e-waste facility after yep. spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on them. I work for a school division that basically the IT department said we're solely running Chromebooks for everything. <laughs> so yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> hold up your your it division decided chromebooks yeah. only yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah and they're trying to get yeah i probably can't get into too much of it but it sucks e i don't agree with it <laughs> do you ever sit there and wonder how IT people are given, like, I'll give a straight up example that irritates the fucking living hell out of me is our IT department. They do all the stuff like setting up the remote in and like your authentication so you can access our internal servers with programs and stuff like that. And they do a good job at all of that. Oh, somehow, yeah. somehow the IT department also gets in charge, put in charge of deciding you know, like what computers we're going to use and what systems and what laptops are going to be bought. And it never <clears throat> ceases to fucking floor me how very, 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 I could go on like this for another hour, how very little they actually know about computers. Oh yeah, sure. And the one example that I'll give is, uh, we had old, 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 old ass fucking Panasonic Toughbooks that oh, we yeah. used in the field in my division. Mm -hmm. And they were super fucking slow. They were super oh, fucking yeah. junky. They used mechanical hard disks in them. They had four gigs of RAM and they were running a processor that was like 10 years old. Oh, and yeah. it was, and totally. it was just a fucking dual core processor. So after making a stink, we finally got them replaced. And I had made the suggestion, hey, given our job scope and given our location and the type of work we do, you should look into Lenovo ThinkPads. Mm -hmm. 
and I said you should look into the ThinkPads because all of the ThinkPads go through their specialized military spec certification. So they get certified for drop tests, they get certified for vibration, they get certified for sand and dust resistance inside of like getting inside the keyboard and stuff. They're water resistant. They're resistant to a bunch of different temperature levels and humidity levels. Basically everything you'd want when your job involves you taking your laptop and putting it on a unit in all of the weather conditions year round. And they decided to not do that. I was told initially, nope, we are never going to buy Lenovo laptops here because Lenovo is an absolute garbage brand and they make absolutely garbage computers. Mm. And I went, um, okay, that's a little sus. And as, and I straight up asked my IT guy, like, <clears throat> how'd you come to that conclusion? <laughs> to which he told me that once upon a time he worked for TELUS or bought something from TELUS. I can't remember one of the two. And as part of his package plan or whatever, they were giving away and he had received a Lenovo laptop and it was the biggest piece of shit that he had ever received. Oh, well, that's because TELUS was giving it away on a promo. Of course, it's the cheapest one. Yes, it's <laughs> going to be the bottom of the barrel, whatever they could get in bulk for next to nothing. That's how yeah. they're going to give these away. So, yeah. of course, you're going to have a bad experience with a laptop that probably is worth $150 at most. But yeah. he was very staunch on it. Eventually... We end up getting new laptops, and they decided to go with H or uh, Lenovo ThinkBooks. Right. So I looked up the spec, and ThinkBooks don't have all of those ratings. ThinkBooks don't have any of that kind of stuff, and I looked up the particular ThinkBook that we had, Yeah. and for a couple hundred dollars less... We could have got the ThinkPad with the exact same internal specs. Same RAM, same fucking SSD, same processor, all of it. But it would have had all of the vibration, dust proofing, and all that other shit. Which yep. I thought was absolutely ridiculous. Then fast forward, like, I don't know, almost two years later. Year and a half to two years. Now it's come time they're replacing all of the laptops for all of the guys in the office. And yep. all the office guys are getting, like mid-tier think pads of course so the field guys are getting think books and the office guys are getting higher tiered higher spec think books the guys where their laptops literally sit in their office and never leave yeah. those you could pour sand and water <laughs> on them all day and they're going to still run and then the ones that they're sending to the field you get some dust in that keyboard and it's toast yeah, And I went, this makes no sense. This is ridiculous. And I made a big stink about it. And they told me that I don't know what I'm talking about. So then I had a conversation with another IT guy. This one was actually just recent. Because <clears throat> they gave me a new laptop for my position. And I was kind of like bummed out. I'm like, this is a junk laptop. Like it's, it's, it's got yeah. four gigs of RAM. It's dual core. This isn't a very good thing. It was an HP Elite book. But right. I'm like, this thing is spec terribly. I'm like, I want one of those. And I pointed to the stack of brand new ThinkPads he had sitting <laughs> on the shelf. And he's like, no, we can't give those out. Those are for office guys only. I'm like, yeah, I know. And that pisses me off because like, I'm going to be taking my laptop in and out of the, sh the shop up on top of units to like do all this stuff. And this, this laptop's never going to leave the shop. And I told him about why the ThinkPads are better. 
And he's like, yeah, you're not the first person who told me this. Someone else told me that ThinkPad has all these, all these testing. He's like, but I couldn't find it. Like, I don't think you're right. And I was like, no, I know I'm right. And he's like, well, I looked everywhere and nowhere on Lenovo's site or nowhere on the spec sheet for this laptop does it say any of that stuff. And I was like, just Google Lenovo ThinkPad mil-spec. And he's like, well, it's not there. I've looked. And he types it in and I stand over his shoulder while he types it in. And I was like, right there, first link, click that. Clicks it, there's the whole spec sheet of everything that it's covered. And he's like, oh, huh, didn't know that. I was like, you guys are ordering these laptops. Do you not do any of your due diligence to like look into what you're fucking buying? Like when you come to the conclusion that we're gonna buy these laptops, what are you basing this off of? And then he goes to tell me, and this is where I knew that our IT department was just beyond fucked. He goes to tell me, he goes, well, trust me, he's like, the ThinkPads I have sitting here, they're not nearly as good as the one you have anyway. Yours is way faster. And I was like, uh, I'm not I'm not sure what planet you're living on, but that's, that's just inequivocally untrue. And he's like, well, no, look. And he opened up my new laptop, and he opened up one of these brand new ThinkPads and went to like the About Me sections on both of them. And he's like, look, yours is at 3.9 gigahertz. And he's like, these new Lenovo's, they're 3.5 gigahertz. He's like, yours is faster, dude. It's a better laptop. And I was like, okay. This laptop has like four gigs of RAM. The ThinkPad has eight. It's double the RAM. This laptop, yeah, sure, maybe it has a higher gigahertz, but it's also dual core with no efficiency cores. I'm like, yours? That's got four cores and four efficiency cores. So you have mm-hmm. more pro- you have more processing cores on that fucking chip than this one does. Also, that one is like a 12th or 11 or 12th gen CPU. Mine is a 6th gen. I'm like, so there's all the improvements that come with the fact that this is a 6-year-old processor and yours is relatively brand new. I'm like, you really need to like look this stuff up and what it means if you're going to tell someone that this, you know, 7-year-old computer is faster than this brand new one. Because one says 3.8 gigahertz and the other says 3.5 gigahertz for the fucking CPU clock speed. Like you, it, I was just, I was so fucking frustrated. Yeah. I, I long ago stopped fighting with my IT department because in a lot of aspects, they're really good. But in a lot of aspects, they just get super narrow minded. And I'm just like... But that's the I give thing. up. I don't have the fight in me anymore. These IT guys are not computer guys. IT yeah. fundamentally is network. So that's mm-hmm. cool. You go and do all your network stuff. But this weird assumption that because you're an IT guy, you know everything about computers is just fundamentally inaccurate. Because every IT guy that I've come across so far, they're super smart with their networking and their rules and their port forwarding and the remote desktop and all the other little applications and connecting the network and the server stuff. They're good at all that shit for sure. But none of them have a fucking clue what a difference in computer components is. My one IT guy still fights me on a daily basis that Apple makes the best computers period, hands down in every situation. And I'll be like, yes, no, Apple makes great computers, but not all the time. Nope. Apple M ones are the best computers. We need to get those for here. It's like, you can't get those for here because all of the programs that I use in my department and all of the programs the mechanics use in their department, they don't make those programs for Apple. They only make them for Windows. It has to be a Windows laptop. Like that in and of itself shows that in this situation, 
Apple is not the best. And he's like, oh, whatever. You just like put on VMware Fusion or whatever and emulate it. And I was like, cool. Another gleaming example of how you don't know what you're talking about because they don't have that fucking sorted out with the M2 chips because the M2 chips and M1 chips are ARM-based. Mm-hmm. This is the whole reason when I bought my MacBook, I went with the very last year you could get an Intel processor in it so yeah. that I could run VMware Fusion or any of those other programs and basically have Windows and Mac on my computer because you can't do that with the M2 because they haven't completely smoothed out the transition to allow you to emulate Windows on ARM yet. Yeah. You didn't know that. Nope. Yeah. Nope. M2, they're the best. That's what we should be buying for fucking work. Yeah, you bet. Let's spend $3,000 on an M2 fucking MacBook Air that won't run any of the programs these guys need to run and can't run Windows for an environment that is completely run on Windows and every every office person uses all of the fucking Microsoft apps. Like, this is a, this is a Microsoft business. As, like, as someone that has to use Windows in a VM at work, it's... It, it fucking sucks. It's not ideal. And there's all the little downsides that come with that shit. Cause not everything is super smooth. Not everything runs super no, it's, fucking great. It's fucking terrible. It's fucking terrible. But nope. I've been testing it out <clears throat> and I think our IT department is going to get a hard lesson in the fact that it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I, I don't understand. We have computers yeah. in our main units that go into the field. And these computers are, uh, they're old. If yeah. you, if you look up what these computers are worth to buy right now, they're like $4,500 a computer. Yeah. And it's a, it's a rack mount computer. They call them servers and it kind of irritates me because they call them both servers, but they're not really servers. Right. It's a rack mount fucking computer. Anyway. Right. We had to run a couple programs and the Excel files that we use from the engineers are super, super big. There's a lot to them and they take in a CSV Excel file to import all their data into them. And it's a lot of fucking data, like a lot. Mm -hmm. So these computers are starting to show their age now where like if you have a long, long job and you import these files, it'll slow your computer down. Sometimes it'll crash Excel. Sometimes it'll just fucking crash the computer. Which is yep. something that you can't have happening when you're doing data monitoring in this industry. Yeah, I, it has to be going nonstop. You can't just like, ah, oh, shit, oh, fuck, we'll restart the computer. That's not how this works. You can't be doing that. So I proposed, I was like, hey, let me look into what's in these things. And they're, they're, they are server um, processors in them, but they're like 10 or 11-year-old processing chips. Like super, super fucking old. And they were like your cheap end server chips 10 years ago. They were never top of the line. And then other than that, it's your standard fucking motherboard with RAM with an SSD and like two drive bays on this, on this enclosure. Like there's nothing special about it at all, but they're like $4,500 for one because they're quote unquote designed for like industrial use. But we have them inside a server like inside an actual server rack with a door fans and it's inside a unit like it's incredibly unnecessary and i straight up went like hey look and i priced it all out i wrote down what the components are how much the components would be and i was like i can rebuild because every one of these units has two in them and we have like eight or nine of these units so you'd need to rebuild essentially like 20 computers and i was like look 
for the price of one of these computers, if you were to go buy the same one we have now, which is 10 years old, you're spending 4,500 bucks. Like if you buy the brand new state of the art one, you're almost $10,000. Mm-hmm. I'm like for a thousand to maybe 1500, if you wanted to go real high end, I can rebuild each one of these computers. So like at a fraction of the process, I can redo an entire unit for half of what one computer would cost and laid it all out. And like, this is the CPU I'd buy. This is the process like, this is the Ram. And then on top of all that, I laid out why the components I picked, I picked how it would be future proofing because they're on the higher end in some regards. Like I would go DDR five instead of DDR four. Mm-hmm. And then I actually like went on Cinebench and um, like user testing and stuff and got like the performance of those old processors and like put a graph like, Hey, this is the CPU I want to put in there. This is the CPU that's in there right now. Like here is the massive gap in performance. I'm like quadrupling the performance that you are getting out of these machines. And they were like, now we're good. IT is like, no, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. Leave this to the IT team. And I was like, yeah, you bet. I mean, I went to school for computer and electronics engineering, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea what a CPU is. What's RAM? Do you plug that into the wall? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's my rant. Yeah. IT departments. Sometimes. Frustrating. (laughs) Fucking frustrating. Speaking of some IT stuff. So I finally switched to Windows 11. Yeah, I can't even believe that you fucking waited this long. That's well, so it, weird. it was the most laziest reason ever. And I just like, I never had a reason to like, there was never anything that was like, hey, upgrade to Windows 11 and get this feature. Like, it was just like, eh. And then fucking, we talked that one day about how my Game Pass went to shit. And I was like, I wonder if that would fix it. Turns out it did. Had no fucking idea why. But hey, my Game Pass works again. But I thought. Yeah with you dabbling in both the Mac and the PC world that you would have been all over windows 11. Cause it brings kind of like the aesthetic more into the purview of the yeah. way Mac works with their like center floating dock and all that other stuff. And yeah. the material kind of design for the windows. Yeah. And I always thought about that, but I was just like, I just never really cared too much about it. And I was like, it was kind of one of those things where it was like, I'll upgrade it one day. And then finally I was like, well, Maybe it'll fix my Game Pass. And so I upgraded it. Mm. I've only been using it for a few days, but it seems fine. (laughs) I don't know. I was the opposite. When I heard that they were releasing Windows 11 in preview to people who are part of the Windows Insider preview program, I went and joined the Windows Insider preview program so that I could get it like right then and there to fuck with it and test it and see what it was like. That ended up being a huge mistake. I don't recommend doing that. No. No, it wasn't even that the software was like terrible, but I ran into a couple of issues. And if you join the Windows Insider preview program and you get a preview, uh, like new OS. So like when I got Windows 11 before it was like officially mass released, yep. you can't just revert your, your Windows back to 10 where it's like, yeah, we'll delete the core files, reinstall Windows 10, but like save your files. Like I bet when you upgraded from 10 to 11, you got to keep all the stuff that was on your computer. It was just kind oh, of yeah. released. Yeah. Nothing, nothing changed. Yeah. You can't do that with an insider previews thing. You have to yeah. 
like leave the insider preview program. You have to like fully like click all the shit and go, yeah, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And then you have to do a 100% fresh install. So I literally had to reinstall windows with a clean wipe. So all of my applications, every, I had to back everything up onto a hard drive, unplug that hard drive and then completely fucking wipe my, my hard drive on the computer and reinstall windows 10 fresh with nothing carrying over as if it was the very first time I turned on this computer. And I was like, fucking, I was not happy. That was a lengthy process to get everything back on there and then copy everything back over and set all my programs back up. Yeah, that's why, like, when it was first announced, I looked I looked into it and I was like, hmm, maybe, like, I will try it because it was, like, new OS. I kind of want to fuck around with it. But And then I looked into it and I think I saw some of that stuff and I was like, eh, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. So... But yeah, Windows 11, I mean, it seems fine. I've only used it for like two days, but. Yeah. I just wish people, OS's in general, I wish they would become, like, I fucking wish everyone would do OS's like Apple. Yeah. Like, hey, this OS is ready. Everyone can have it if you want. I do. Like, I just got one of the Android fucking updates with an update to one to one UI that came out four months ago. Right. And they just fucking gave it to me with a security patch that was a month behind. Yep. I can't wait for Apple to have USB Type C. Like, I'm I'm starting to think that when I, when this phone runs up and I go back to Apple, I might just not fucking leave. I'm getting real tired of this shit. I've had that thought, like, because my contract is up on my iPhone soon, and like I've been, like I'm kind of like. Eh, like this just does everything I want in a really nice way. I think I might just rock this phone till it dies, <laughs> or till like a really cool like new feature phone comes out. But my circumstances had changed, like because I was on iPhone, but it broke, and they didn't have any Pro Maxes or Pros in stock with like two right. uh, with a minimum of two fifty six. Like I wasn't getting a phone with sixty four gigs of storage. Like it wasn't happening, and I wasn't getting like the bottom barrel cheap iPhone so it's like okay well yeah a little earlier than expected but I normally go back and forth Android Apple Android Apple so it's like okay well I'm just going to go back to Android a year earlier than I was anticipating but yeah not the end of the world so like I'm due to go back to Apple on this next round anyway but man I by like noon I'm I'm at like 40% battery and it's not like I'm hammering on this thing watching videos and playing games like this is just receiving phone calls periodically getting some emails and then sending yep. text messages like i'm not mm -hmm. heavy using it when i'm at work it's really strictly just for communication purposes in case i need to talk to someone which isn't non-stop it's really sporadic throughout the day but yeah by lunchtime it's when i sit down to eat i have to plug my fucking phone in and then when i yep. get home at the end of the day so like it'll be fully ch it'll i'll charge it back up to a hundred percent at like one o'clock in the afternoon. And by the time I get home at six, I'm back down to 40%. Yeah. And like, I've cleared every fucking stupid background app that doesn't need to be there. I'm going through and deleting apps that have no business being on there. There's like all the location services and all the other bullshit background shit turned off. And this thing's still just, <clears throat> just, just terrible. My, my one buddy at work, he's got the S 22, just like the small one. Because yep. he likes the more compact phones and shit. Sure. Holy fuck. The problems he has with that thing, it'll like turn on the nighttime daytime mode on him oh, all sure. the time. It's like 
at night, his phone will just put itself into silent mode and set an alarm for six o'clock every day. Like even if he disables it. So like, it'll be the weekend and at 10 o'clock his, his phone will go into silent. He won't notice it. Cause he's not, he'll be like watching TV or playing a game and then going to bed. He's not like on his phone all the time. And right. then his alarm will go off at six on the weekend when he's trying to sleep in. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And all these connection issues where like someone will phone him and they'll be able to hear him, but he can't hear them and he'll have to hang up and then call them back. And yeah, it's, it's wild. So like, I'm really hoping that with the EU passing all of these laws and shit that this next iPhone really is USB type C. And, and when this contract is up, I think yep. the, at this point, the only thing that I would miss from fucking Android is still the ability to like customize my home screen where I can like put icons and apps where I want them to be, not where yeah. Apple thinks that I should put them. Yeah, totally. But, <clears throat> but that's also getting a lot better. They're just super slow about it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that actually leads into this other article I found, which is Apple might allow side loading. Yeah, which will which I yeah, I I have <laughs> I have such such mixed feelings with this. It's it's insane. Cuz like I side load a fair amount, not a fair amount. There's a couple. I'm not let's not fucking bloat this out. There's a couple of apps yeah. that I side load onto Android. And if I couldn't side load them, it's not the end of the world. They're nice to have, totally. but they're not need to have applications to side load. Totally. So like when I was on iPhone, I was able to get along just fine without sideloading. Yeah. That being said, I like the ability to sideload. And so I'm yeah, all for Apple allowing people to sideload because it's like, hey, my phone, I should be able to decide what I put on here. I get that and I support that. At the same time, I'm also super weird and fucked up where I'm like, you know what? I kind of understand and get Apple's point of view where they're like, we don't want you to sideload because then anyone can fucking make an app and then you're going to be more apt for malware and shit. And then you're going to yep. end up, we're going to end up in the same boat as Android where Android gets all these weird viruses and bugs and all this other bullshit. And like, we're pretty well known for having solid bug free, hack free. Well, not hack free, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like they have way less yeah, problems totally. with that stuff because they control the app store. Yep. And at the same time, <clears throat> Apple made the phone. They made the operating system. This is their fucking product. Yep. So this is where like I get real torn because I want the ability to sideload. Like I own the device. I should be able to do what I want with it. But at the same time, I kind of understand where Apple's like, we made all of this. Mm -hmm. So if you want to use stuff on our device that we made, you have to use it through a secure portal that we decide. Like, yeah. It makes me feel fucking terrible. Like I'm anti-consumerism or I'm anti-right to repair or that I'm just like anti-tech or whatever. But like, sure. I, I get it because if I, I just think in my head, if I made a product, like you don't have to buy my product. My product is designed to work a certain way with certain applications. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Buy one of the other products. You don't need to buy mine. Like these are the rules that you have to play by if you want to use this device. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, I think like the middle ground for this would be like, if it was like maybe locked behind some sort of like dev account or something like that, where Apple was like, Hey, if you want a side load, yeah, but you, it can. Is. you can, that's, that's oh. the thing is right uh, well, now you can pay Apple a hundred dollars 
for to make your Apple account a dev account. And, and then, then you, you can, can download away. And you yes, you can literally download APKs oh. or whatever the equivalent is called on um iOS. You can download those packages and you can plug your fucking iPhone into the goddamn computer. You can because you're a dev account, you can sign that app and then send it over to your iPhone and plug it in. There's tons of business corporations that will like use Apple iPhones and have business specific apps that they made that they don't want available on the stores for people to download. They only sure. want them internally. So they will have their dev account. And when they issue out a phone or a laptop that needs this specific application, they will sideload it legally the right way with their own dev signatures on it to everyone within the company so that they can use this app. And then that way they can completely control like, hey, this guy is leaving the company, but he hasn't given our hasn't given our phone back. We can just stop signing authentication for that app and he can't use it anymore. Can't take the yep. company secrets with him. Yeah. So like this is a thing. You can do that. But it's a little more involved than just like going to APK mirror on Android and any fucking browser and hitting download and then hitting open. Yeah. Totally. But you but you can. That's the thing, is for years. You buy a dev account and you have the ability to sign any fucking app you want. And you can go on the internet and download iOS apps, put them on your computer, sign them with your dev account and send them to your phone or your iPad. It's no. been a thing for years. No, I didn't know that. So <laughs> never mind that. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, I get where you're coming from. Like there's, there's something to be said about like Apple just being like, here's the phone. Here's how it's supposed to work. If you, download an app from the store it works right mm -hmm. and just this is how we intended for it to all work together and if you fuck with that maybe it won't work as intended right you know? yeah but then there's like the side of me that's just like yeah i always want things more open but at the same well, time i look at my iphone and i'm like i don't need to sideload anything and it just works and that's kind of what I want it to do. Yeah, and so, that's uh, kind of where I'm getting at, too. The older I get, I'm like, oh, like it's nice to do this sometimes, but the yeah. amount of times I do it is not necessary. And those little yeah. things, they like they give you widgets now. Like That was a reason yeah. to sideload back in the day. I used to go and download shit off the Cydia Impactor store so that I, I could have it. custom widgets or change the icons, but you can do that now in Apple. You can add widgets. Yeah. You can do all that shit like... The only thing is you just can't move the fucking apps on the home screen to where you want them. But aside from that, you're pretty much, even when they did yep. stuff like Siri shortcuts, like they took everything that is Tasker and implemented it natively in iOS. Yeah. And that <clears throat> now you don't need half of those fucking city apps for that either. No. <clears throat> but I had so someone, it's... had someone liken it to, um, like a sporting arena once. And no. I, was, I was like, like a sporting arena. And he's like, yeah. Like, he's like, imagine you own, you know, whatever hockey team or football team and you spent a fuck ton of money. You built that arena. You hired the best players for that team. You made sure the rink is really nice and it's really spacious and there's seating for everyone. And then now businesses want to come and sell their hot dogs in your stadium. So they sign a contract that, yes, they can have this spot in the arena. They can sell their hot dogs and popcorn and beer but they have to pay you rent for it. And I was like, yeah. okay. He's like, now imagine McDonald's is getting pissed off because they can't go fucking put a McDonald's in your hockey arena. And so they file a yeah. lawsuit that you're being anti-competitive because they can't put a McDonald's in there or Burger King can't go in there, right? 
Yep. He's like, it's your arena. You should get to decide what businesses you allow to operate in your arena. And I was like, yeah. You know, like I kind of get it. This is why I said like it makes me feel terrible because it makes me feel yeah. like I'm being, you know, against the consumer side of things, which I'm I'm not. But the fact of the matter is, is you can sideload. When I was in yeah. school, the first year I used an iPad Pro to do all my notes before I switched to a Surface Pro. And there was another guy in my class who did the same thing, used an iPad Pro. He had like good notes, notability, a bunch of these programs, these uh, iPad apps that normally cost $30, $40, He was just sideloading them through an Apple developer account. He paid $100, and then he just signed these apps that he downloaded straight off the internet and put them on his iPad. Oh, yeah. I had spent like $100 in various apps for school, and he had triple the apps that I did, and all he did was buy a developer account. Oh yeah, it was, it was like when I was in university where it was just like telling people it's like, hey, actually, you don't have to buy certain textbooks. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's actually uh, you didn't hear this from me, but Google, mm. <laughs> you can maybe save like a thousand bucks on textbooks. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I don't know. I am all for the U- EU forcing them to go USB Type C. Like this fucking. Lightning generation be, needs to end. What'll be funny is if they fucking pull an apple and they're like, yeah, EU phones have USB-C. <gasps> but all the other ones don't. <laughs> That'd make me pretty mad. Especially if I I'm going see... back to Apple. If I'm going to stay, like, I'm not staying permanently on Apple until I get Type-C. Yeah. I yeah, it's handy. I just can't do it anymore, man. Like, there's everything I have in my fucking house is Type-C now, for the most part. Yep. Except a few things. So, like, I broke my mouse recently, so I had to go buy a new one. So I bought right. I bought this fucking thing. Okay. This is the uh, Logitech G Pro Wireless Super Light. This is, like, the top-of-the-line fucking um, mouse that you can get from Logitech. Because it's, like, right. super, super light. Got the high polling rate. Like, I don't notice a difference at all playing my games compared to having a wired mouse. Right. Now, take a fucking guess what this fucking mouse cost. Two fifty. No, okay, it was less than that. It was about two hundred bucks. Okay. I don't know if you can see that. Can you see that? Oh. Uh, you see yeah. what that? You see what that charging port is? Not USB C. Yeah, that's micro USB C. <laughs> and this isn't like I bought like the five year old version of this mouse. This is this year's brand new fucking model, and yeah. it's micro USB for a charging port. It's it, dumb. It, Fucking infuriates me. Yeah. And it's not like they can't do it because you can buy the Logitech MX Master Mouse mm-hmm. version 3, USB Type C. Shroud just recently collaborated with Logitech to make the G303 Pro Shroud Edition, USB yep. Type C. Yep. Also, wireless, same polling rate, same everything, but Type C. So it's not like it's not a thing, but it came micro and it kills me inside because my other mouse is a MX Master Mouse. That's my travel mouse. And I bought yep. the MX Master Mouse, like the 2S, like the second version of it. Right. And it was the third version that came out with Type-C. So I got two mice that run on micro USB. And, and it, yeah, I've got, I've got a version of the MX Master that I use for work. But, and it's not USB-C. I think there's two versions of the three. There's one that has USB-C and there's one that has micro USB. And the micro USB was 
cheaper, I think. So it's just like fuck it. All the threes should be type C, but um, two, two S, one, all of those are micro. So I got, maybe I have one or two. I can't remember. It's like everything in my house is type C, except I have two fucking mice that run micro yep. USB. Yeah. And it bothers me. It bothers me a lot because I just want to have, you know. A, a standard. Yeah, I, I want a couple everything. Type-C cables in my bag when I go, and then, like, I can charge multiple devices, and it doesn't matter which Type-C cord I pick out. I'm just going to go off of length depending on what I'm doing. I hate the fact that I have to, at least when I went back to Samsung, it got rid of the need for the Lightning. But if I use my AirPods Pro anywhere, I still need a Lightning cable for that. You still yep. need the special proprietary magnetic fucking Apple Watch thing. Oh, yeah. If you want to do that. It's like at one point I was carrying USB to USB-A, USB to micro, USB to fucking C, USB to lightning, and USB to Apple Watch. I was carrying around five cables just to have the few devices I had on me make sure I could charge all of them. Like, I, I do want a world where I just it's need just one cable. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, that's what they've been saying about USB-C for years, but it's like some people are just like, nah, we're good. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. Just adopt it. <laughs> I'm fine like, with keeping USB Type A. There are so many devices and legacy oh, devices that are still get used. 100%. So I'm still fine for having those connections on computers as well 100%. as Type C. But yeah. anything mobile, any mouse, keyboard, yeah. cell phone, like all of these things should have yep. Type C. It's the mm -hmm. same with laptops, man. Yeah. I can't even. It was. It made me cringe when I got my fucking super old recycled work laptop to finally have a work laptop and he like hands me the laptop and as about to leave he goes oh yeah hold shit hold on here and then hands me the charger and it's a massive fucking brick with a barrel plug and i'm like oh my god <laughs> yep like you guys you guys know laptops now you can charge with type c right yep <laughs> mm. yeah anyway i digress yeah. Hey, what else we got here? It doesn't look like Activision is going to get bought out by Microsoft anymore. No. I mean, they're still in appeals process, which they're actively doing. But It was weird because they cited one of the reasons is blocking this having to do with game streaming. That's one. That was one of the biggest things they cited, which is like... Okay, I get it on one hand, because like if you look at cloud streaming for video games, it's really just Microsoft. But yeah, like okay, I get that. But also like there was stuff in it where they were like, ten years from now, cloud gaming might be so big that Microsoft has an advantage, and I a lot of people were talking about like regulating regulators shouldn't be speculative in their decisions today yes 100 percent. looking 10 years from now because like how many times have you has the next big thing been cloud gaming or whatever and then four years go by and it's just not a thing or it's quietly just there <laughs> right i mean like <laughs> i i do personally believe that cloud gaming will be like the future that we're moving towards oh I yeah like but the thing is, is you can't get to that point until you have good, solid, stable, reliable, low latency internet everywhere. 
And we yeah. are nowhere close to having that. No, God, no. Like I even like cloud streaming to my PC where I got gigabit internet at home and like everything is hardwired for like my computer stuff. Like nothing is on Wi-Fi. And I've yeah. even experienced like little choppiness and stuff just because the latency from whatever server I'm connecting and streaming to, right? Like there's a bunch of problems they need to solve first before they can get to that point. But to go, yeah, we're not letting you buy Activision because you guys might be the future of game streaming is about one of the most absurd fucking arguments I've ever heard in my life because it's like, like you said, it's speculative. Like, yeah, maybe they are, but maybe they're not because NVIDIA has been doing cloud gaming longer than Microsoft has. Yeah. And NVIDIA GPUs are like the king of all GPUs. So like if NVIDIA wanted to take this serious, they could pretty quickly scale up to fucking Microsoft's level. PlayStation does it as well. You can do game streaming on PlayStation. Like this Steam cloud gaming is a thing. Like this isn't mm -hmm. new. And there's other services out there too. But I mean, look at Stadia. Stadia just crashed and burned, right? Yeah, totally. And that was backed by Google. I mean, I think everyone kind of, because Google never supports anything long enough, but I think that was not unexpected. But nonetheless, like, what a bullshit argument to be like, yeah, no. Yeah. And the thing was, is like, other people like PlayStation were trying to stop this because they're going to, well, if they fucking buy oh, yeah. out Activision Blizzard, then we're not going to get fucking Call of Duty games anymore. And that's a big source of revenue. Like, they're going to corner the market and phase us out so that we can't provide games to our clients, like our user base either. And like, all you'd have to do is just formulate some kind of fucking deal where you're just like, hey, okay, here's the deal. You can't, like, make this an exclusive to Xbox IP for, like, at least 20 fucking years or something. That gives PlayStation 20 years to figure something else out. And Xbox, like, publicly came out and was like, yeah, we're willing to make, like, they said that in press. They were like, well, we'll make that deal with Sony. And Sony was like, no, we're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, which is like, of course, that's what Sony's going to say, right? Like, their whole goal is to just not have this happen right because it well and it it genuinely irritates the shit out of me when these comp competing companies start throwing these ridiculous arguments like sony oh, going yeah. oh well yeah but you this is bad this is bad for gamers and bad for the customers because xbox is going to be exclusive and then what about playstation and then it's like okay cool well playstation you're not like you're pointing out how bad this is but you guys have also been buying up game developers left right and center and you guys make exclusive content like no one's out here going hey this isn't fair that god of war is not available on xbox you guys this is anti-consumer yeah. but they're going hey they're they're gonna buy activision and they may or may not release call of duty on us that's anti-consumer okay what about all your games man god of war yeah fucking the uncharted series the last of us series the spider-man series like you make all of these exclusive games yeah. I don't even Xbox yeah. is trying to get Xbox game pass on fucking Nintendo switch. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're interested in locking people specifically to their hardware. They're trying to get anyone with any device anywhere to be able to use their fucking game library. Yeah. The whole goal is to get as many people on game pass as possible. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if Xbox has like pitched to Sony. Hey, do you guys no. want an Xbox game pass app on the PlayStation? And Sony oh, went totally. not a fucking chance guy. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So, and it's, yeah. I don't know. I bet, I bet this still goes through. I bet 
they look at the appeals process and make a few more agreements or or whatever but just because i I think this deal is like it's far enough along and it's too big that i don't think microsoft is just going to be like well we tried you know they're gonna but who knows right i don't know it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it pans out so i don't know it will be it'll be curious to see what they do and if they do end up going through like what kind of like agreements or compromises that they got to make where it's like, okay, we'll make this deal here, do this or whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be curious to know like where that comes. Cause you saw them, you know, doing that shit while all this was going through to cement, you know, stuff like this from happening, right. Where they, you know, made that deal with Nintendo where they're like, we're going to bring call of duty to the switch for the next 10 years. Right. Mm-hmm. They said that. And then <laughs> this, uh, the, CMA report I kind of actually dogged on fucking Nintendo too because uh, one of the things they cited they were like yeah you made that deal with Call of Duty but like Call of Duty can't like effectively run on the Nintendo Switch to like make it worth it <laughs> like they even dogged on the Switch because they were like given the Switch's performance like you might not be able to run that product like you should <laughs> and I was like oh yeah sure yeah. but but yeah, yeah, um, it's it's all fucked, man. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Which, speaking speak- of all this fucked up shit, where yeah. were you going with this? I thought you were gonna go with the Legend of Zelda. Oh, I was gonna go Bill C eleven. Oh yeah, sure. Let's go there. That dog shit that fucking passed here. <laughs> Fuck our government. Fuck our government so fucking hard. I'm getting yeah, real. They, uh, they don't have their priorities straight. I'm getting really. <laughs> Frustrated, I guess, with the old guard, the old yeah. boys that sit totally. in power, but yeah. have just no idea how the world works outside of their like hyper focus on shit that like a lot of Gen Zers and millennials and Gen X and all the younger generations are not really thinking about. Yeah. Like Trudeau's desperate need to try and buy himself a seat on the UN Security Council. No one else really gives a fuck about that. Like, I don't care yeah. if Trudeau gets on the UN Security Council. Like, I don't care that that's his retirement job to make a ton of yep. fucking money and do very little. Don't give a fuck. But this oh, whole no. BC-11 shit, Bill C-11, sorry, is just, it's, it's fucked, man. It's so fucked. And, like, I was really happy when they kept shooting it down in the fucking Senate, but I'm concerned now because, like, for those of you who don't know what it's fundamentally going to do, it's going to force all of the big companies to basically take some of that money and put it towards Canadian stuff, which like on the surface kind of sounds like, Hey, that's good. Right? Like if Netflix is going to be up here, they should put a portion of their money into like Canadian film so we can do more film and Canadian music and all this other stuff. But what it's is been just... happening on radio for years. But... Yeah. And do you ever wonder, and, and maybe people don't wonder and people have never noticed, but like you listen to a radio station here and you get a couple like good songs that you like that are popular and trending, but then you hear a bunch of songs that you don't care about that are not that good. That's because the Canadian fucking radio stations have to play a minimum of X yeah. amount of Canadian artists on the radio station. Like that's built into the law. Yeah. And to me, it kind of makes me think of like the whole gender politics bullshit, right? Like when they're like, Oh, we're going to put, make sure the cabinet is split 50, 50, 50% men, 50% women. 
And I'm going like, hey, I understand the sentiment, but at the end of the day, it shouldn't matter what your gender is. It should be the best person for that fucking job. And totally. if you force it to be a 50-50 split, are you putting the best person in that job or are you putting the best female person in that job? Is there someone or the best male position person in that job? Is there someone more qualified than that guy who's a girl? Or is there someone yeah. more qualified than that girl who's a guy, but they're now being yeah. biased out of a position? Like that's kind of what's happening here because it's going to force YouTube and Spotify and Netflix and Amazon Prime. If they want to be able to keep streaming their shit up here, they have to dump so much money into Canadian television. And there's been yeah. some good Canadian television. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, totally. But there's been some dog shit Canadian and, television. Yeah. Some really low-budget dog shit stuff. Totally. And I'm, totally. I'm sorry that I'm, I'm proud to be Canadian, but, like, it's just fucking facts. Yeah. No, 100%. It's, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not into this because... Now I'm going to open up Netflix and instead of seeing the stuff that I know I'm going to want to fucking watch that auto populates like, Hey, you might like this. You're going to open up Netflix and it's going to be like, Hey, you should check this out. Here's 10 shows that were made in Canada with a budget of less than $10. Check it out. Yeah, pretty much. And you're going to yeah. be like, well, I don't want to watch this. Why is my algorithm mm -hmm. fucked up? This isn't recommending good shows or stuff that's interesting to me anymore. Yeah, totally. And it's, yeah, it's dumb as fuck. Cause it's like, <laughs> Especially, like, when you look at, like, YouTube is going to get, like, YouTube historically has some pretty good, like, recommendations where it's, like, as someone who watches a lot of YouTube, like, it does a very good job of being, like, hey, you're super into this stuff that you watched, so, like, here's a bunch of stuff we might think you like, and most of the time you can go through that, and I'm, like, oh, yeah, like, all of this is pretty good with the exception of maybe one or two things where I'm, like, where the fuck did that come from? Now that's just going to be thrown out of whack, so, like, discoverability is totally fucked now because yeah. it'll just be like hey <laughs> instead of you know recommending what we think you might like here's like what your government thinks you might like and it's like of course yeah Fuck and off. that's the problem <laughs> it's not what you might like it's what your government might like yeah and it's just like but you you make these companies beholden to it and i genuinely don't believe that any of them are going to dip out because they probably make too much having availability in the canadian market but like hypothetically what would stop someone like amazon who's like hey we don't want to dump you know 500 million dollars a year into making canadian stuff if the quality and the quantity is not there and then the government goes well if you don't have x amount percentage of canadian stuff on amazon prime that's canadian made then you can't stream here and amazon goes okay well this just isn't worth it yeah, okay cool well now, now you can't get amazon prime in fucking canada anymore or if Netflix does that, or you're going through your fucking Spotify list and it's like, hey, check this out. You might like it. But now it's just all like, I don't want to say low tier because I mean, the quality might be good, but like you're going to start getting a fuck ton of recommended from Canadian yeah. artists that just might not be your jam. Like I'm going to yeah. like, I'm already predicting how furious I'm going to get when I start getting like French rappers from Quebec oh, totally. in my yeah. recommended because X amount of content that fucking Spotify recommends to me has to be Canadian content. Yeah. And, and like, again, don't get me wrong. Like there's some great Canadian artists out there. We've Canada's produced some real gems and some real yeah, great fucking totally. bands, but you compare that to anywhere else in the world. And no, like our numbers are pretty small in comparison. And like, yeah. I don't want to go listen to like the top 25 hits and have, you know, 15 no. of them have to be Canadian hits. And it's like, okay, cool. So like 
all these other bands that are hip and trending and popular right now, I don't even get seen on my front page. Like all everything about it just irks me. Yeah. I mean VPNs. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I'm gonna do is like no, but what as if... soon as this shit starts to inconvenience me, I'm just gonna be like, All right, time to look into a network level VPN for my house. <laughs> like because fuck this yeah but right. most people don't have the ability capacity no, or whatever not. to do it so it's just it's it's unfair the to fucking them like really at the end of the day like this is going to affect us minimally given how we consume content but for average people it's going to fucking suck the, right? ir- the irony of this is everyone sits there and screams and shouts about how absolutely absurd and ridiculous and authoritarian it is that like over in China, the CCP controls, you know, what can be shown on TikTok, what can be shown on the social apps, what can be shown, like they have control of all that stuff. And they go, that's terrible. People in China should be able to listen to whatever they want, whenever they want. And then we turn around and we fucking introduce a bill. That's one step in the direction of doing exactly what we sit here and mock around the rest of the world. Oh yeah, pretty much. Like yeah. what happened to freedom of choice? Don't force yeah. me to do this shit. Yeah. It's dumb as fuck. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It just, it fucking hurts my brain that this is kind of where we're going at. Oh yeah, totally. And again, this is like not a dig. Like I support Canadian artists. We have some great artists and some yeah, great totally. films that are made here. Some great shows that are made here, but not all of them are. And everyone just seems to be looking on like the best case scenario where they're like, yeah, this is just going to force all of these people to invest more money in Canada. This is a win for Canada. We get more Canadian recognition, more film and more TV and more musical artists and bands hoisted out on center stage and more money that goes to them. And in reality, that's not how it's going to work. Yeah. hundred percent. They're, so they're, yeah. Like they're not going to get more money. They're only going to be put center stage in Canada, which isn't going to do a whole lot when we already force that shit on the radio and like, you know, we have our Juno yeah. Awards and all that other stuff. Like, like you look at the big, big bands that have made it elsewhere. Like, I don't know, like The Weeknd, for example, or Drake. Like, sure. they're massive megastar artists. Mm-hmm. They didn't become massive megastar artists because the fucking CBC radio was forced to play, you know, 40% Canadian content. And no. then word got around and then they got big up here. And then the States was like, oh, I, I hear some rumblings. No. They all went to the States and made it fucking big. And because they were big in the States, they made it big up here. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's, this is just another prime example of politicians focusing on everything but what the fucking average person in this country wants them to do, right? (laughs) It's like groceries have tripled, at least in price. But hey, we want to control your streaming. That's what we're going to focus on. It's like... Yeah, don't okay. worry about don't Thanks. worry about inflation or you know yeah. the housing problem, the homeless problem, the fucking overdose problem for the homeless. Like none oh, yeah. of that's important. Like we need to make sure that when you tu- turn on YouTube, that thirty percent of the fucking YouTube videos you immediately see yep. are from Canadian YouTubers. It's like th- thanks for another inconvenience. <laughs> the, the irony of it is that. W- they had the most people turn out for in-person testimony when they were trying to get the first revision of this bill passed. And a bunch of them were YouTubers who were actually like 
successful Canadian YouTubers going, we don't want this yeah. as a YouTuber. Yeah. I don't want this. Yeah. People who this would theoretically benefit, they were like, this, this is dumb. <laughs> but you know what's next, right? Like, you, Oh it's, yeah, totally. It's, it's going to be fucking bell is going to see this. And then they're going to start fucking proposing their bullshit. Oh yeah. Piracy crackdown fucking nonsense that they tried to slide into the government a few years ago. Yeah, if you right. don't, if you, if no one has any idea what I'm talking about, basically Bell was like, "Hey guys, we own a streaming service called Crave, and we partnered with HBO. So the only way you're streaming HBO in Canada is if you pay us fifteen dollars a month on top of the fifteen dollars a month we already charge you for Crave, and yeah. then you can stream that stuff." And people were going, "I don't want to fucking pay thirty dollars. Like HBO in the states is seven bucks. Why would I pay you fifteen Canadian? But I have to have a base subscription too." People were mad. People started pirating. Yeah. That's kind of what happens when things get out of control. And Bell went, well, this is ridiculous. People are pirating. We need to form a governing body that basically oversees all of the internet access throughout the entire country of Canada. And if we think an IP address is providing pirated content, we want to compose a countrywide block list. Yep. That will prevent you from accessing it. So if Bell goes, hey, this company is, this website here has, is streaming illegal shit. We want to block it so that no internet service provider across the entire country will be able to access it. Yep. And they, it wasn't even going to be a Canadian regulatory body. Bell was no, trying was to build the, a, it was just Bell. Bell was the yeah, one the, setting up this committee and they're like, hey, like, hey, don't worry, like. We'll do this by the book, but we'll we'll regulate it for you. We'll decide. It's like you can yeah. get fucked if you're gonna start blocking yeah. my access in this country to internet. Like that is a 100%. slippery slope. And it was getting close. It was starting oh, to get yeah. fucking traction with the stupid old people who don't know anything. And it was making progress. And thankfully it got shut down. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see that bill fucking resurface in the future. Because no, Bell probably. thinks they're losing fucking money. And the problem is, is like you said earlier, you're like, ah, well, I mean, if I have to go, you know, network-wide VPN, two problems with that. The first one is the general person isn't going to know how to fucking do that. It's going to be totally. too daunting, which takes, you know, a lot of people out of the running. But the other thing, which I just recently learned, is almost all these VPN companies are low-key being bought out by other oh, yeah. VPN companies. So totally. if you look at, I can't remember what the fucking company is, but they own ExpressVPN, they own Private Internet Access, they own GhostVPN, they own about seven or eight VPNs, and they charge a varying range of prices, and now all of that shit can be subpoenaed by the government to arrest people. Oh, yeah. And you don't even know because none of this stuff is public. So you could be like, all right, well, I'm just going to go network VPN and I'm going to become a fucking pirate and sail the seven seas. And, you know, you start paying this VPN company, which has its servers in the middle of nowhere where you can't actually be subpoenaed and they don't have to legally hand over records to the Canadian or the American government. They're outside the seven I alliance countries there. But then another company's like, we need to make some more money. We're going to buy this company out. They buy them out. No one says anything. Yeah. without even knowing it, the VPN that you thought you could fucking trust is now owned by this other VPN company, which is in one of the seven I countries. And you very easily could be given a fucking subpoena. Like yeah. all the people I saw on Reddit were fucking furious because none of them had any idea that ghost. 
and private internet access had been bought out. Yep. Yeah, totally. It's fucking... It's bleak. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that's my fucking fuck the government rant. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Alright. What else we got? So this Switch hacker got royally ass-fucked by Nintendo. Which, like, uh, the punishment does not fit the crime in this case. No. It's f fucking absolutely ridiculous. <sighs> and it's, it's fucking disgusting, to be honest. Like... <laughs> they were talking about this on the WAN show, like, within yeah. the last couple of weeks. And they kind of like broke it down, like how much Nintendo has ordered him that he has to pay back. And they made a deal with the Canadian government because he's a Canadian that it was like 25 or 30% of his wages will be garnished for, you know, until this time is paid. And they mm -hmm. sat down and mathed it out and went, okay, this, this Gary fucking guy, he's like in his fifties. He's not young. No. So they're like, let's say he lives to be fucking 80 and he's 50 right now. That's 30 years where he could still be working in order for him to pay Nintendo back and have a like cost of living, like where he could still like live in a house and afford groceries and shit like that. And having 30% of his wages garnished, he would have to make like, I don't know, three to $400,000 a year for the next 30 years. And even at that, totally. and even at that point, he still wouldn't pay back everything no they they no. referred it to like not they're like this is the most egregious life sentence and they're like hey we don't support him we like understand like what he did was bad and there should be punishment and all that shit they're like but what like when you're 50 years old and this is how it is like you that's it you don't yep. have your life is over your life is literally yep. over because you'll he's never going to get a job that makes that kind of fucking money it's and the crazy thing is is it wasn't even like he was the mastermind breaking the code or any of the shit he was behind the pr guy yeah so it's like he just happened to be the only one that got caught yeah you know and it's just like so yeah everything about this is fucking scummy yeah and it's they're like how does the canadian government even think that this is an acceptable deal to make with nintendo because realistically at 50 years old like what's the point of even going to work anymore because yeah, he's only going to be able to get a run-of-the-mill job and if he gets a run-of-the-mill job and they're taking 30 or 40 percent of his fucking paycheck that doesn't leave him with enough money to put a roof over his head or to put food in his belly, let alone live any kind of meaningful life. They're like, he might as well just fucking go spend the last 30 years of his life in jail. If he even gets 30 years out of it. Totally. Totally. Cause there's it's... no meaningful way that he could live any sort of life at this point. Nope. Nope. Which is super fucked. I mean, does it surprise so... you though? Like this is Nintendo. Like they're just, no, like there's there's two companies that you never want to fuck with legally, the House of Mouse and fucking Nintendo. Yeah, well, <laughs> Both are fucking absolute juggernauts that don't hold back. So, well, maybe it, we should touch on the House of Mouse after this too. Oh, what's going on with the House of Mouse? They are suing Governor Oh right. Santos yeah. in Florida. And they're not suing that. him as they're not just like they're not suing Ron DeSantis. They're suing Governor Ron DeSantis. 
Yeah. Which means that he's going to get absolutely raw dogged by Disney. But it also <laughs> means that because they're suing Governor Ron DeSantis, I keep saying Ron DeSantis. I hope that's his actual name. I'm pretty sure it's DeSantis or DeSantos. Anyway, they're suing the government, the governor of fucking Florida, but they're suing him as governor, not as an individual person. So when you sue him as a governor, that means the state of Florida is providing legal expenses. Yep. And from everything I've read from like legal experts, they're like, this isn't a scare tactic. Like he has publicly said enough and publicly done enough and passed legislation where Disney is looking really good to come out on top of this. And he's like, not only that, but like Disney doesn't fucking spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on lawyers to launch lawsuits that they hope maybe they could win he's like these guys are fucking ruthless and calculated if they filed this lawsuit they filed it because they firmly believe inside their heart of hearts that they're gonna win that they're gonna win probably will the the legal consensus is like disney legal is some of the best on the planet (laughs) so it's like maybe don't pick your battles with them (laughs) because like like the consensus is like yeah they're not just the best in the states. Well, <laughs> like it's just like uh. what what kind of floors me? And maybe maybe I'm one of the few, but I just would have thought more people would have had a similar train of thought to me. Is like he's set to potentially, from all accounts, uh, potentially run for president in the next election oh, as it? the Republican representative, which would mean he would have to go up against Donald Trump in the primaries to try and become president. But I'm sitting here looking at this lawsuit and like looking back at like how this all came to be and the fucking shit that he was doing like purposely against fucking Disney. And it really does boil down to, he thought Disney was acting too woke. So he started fucking firing these shots at Disney and then just kept going and kept going and passing laws and regulation and all these bullshit rules against Disney on a personal vendetta this is who you want to be representing your Republican party on the national stage and potentially be for president. Like the only reason this guy's doing it is because he genuinely believed in his fucking heart of hearts that he was bigger than Disney, that he had more power than Disney, that as the government, (coughs) he should be able to do what he wants. Cause this was all pretty fucking personal, really. Like it came (laughs) down to what he wanted to do. It's not like he had a whole team of advisors and they're like, Oh, Disney's, this isn't right and we need to take a stand. It was like DeSantos being fucking DeSantos and doing this shit as like a personal kind of fucking vendetta. Oh, and I had no idea that it was that aspect of it because I don't generally keep up with U.S. politics, but I just remember reading that the, whatever the Florida guy was getting sued by Disney and I was like, good luck with that. Because <laughs> you're going to get fucking straight raw dogged. <laughs> it'll be really, really interesting to see how this pans out, but I don't think it going to pan out for him well and i can't even wait because i don't think they're going to go for like i didn't see what the value of the lawsuit is but i have to imagine it's not going to be for something small just to try and prove a point and see who can fucking pound their chest the hardest i think disney's going straight for the throat no they they hundred percent it's disney illegal (laughs) like that's what they do (laughs) they typically don't lose and they typically fucking win and win big (laughs) so it's like (laughs) yeah so it's yeah companies with legal teams are frightening 
especially scummy ones like Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo's all kinds of fuck too. They need to Mm -hmm. figure something out with their Nintendo Switch, because, I mean, we can loop this into fucking The Legend of Zelda. I looked at the trailer, and I went, yeah, holy fuck, am I watching a preview for, like, the Sega Dreamcast? Like, we're just where we are right now, and, like, I understand that they make a system, and they just run it for a really long time before they do anything else, but, like... No one was calling for like, hey, we need a slightly updated version of the Wii U. Like mm-hmm. that wasn't really a thing. I'm sure there were people who thought it. Sure. But it wasn't being called for all the time. But as games get more demanding and bigger, and then as you have companies like Microsoft that are like, hey, we would love to, you know, do these things on your system too and kind of like work together and bring yep. more games <laughs> to the gamers. Like, Nintendo needs to do a hardware refresh. And, like, I'm not saying they need to come out with a completely new system, but it's almost like that's their mentality where it's like, well, we can't just, like, do a hardware refresh on the Switch. Like, we're going to have to come up with a whole new fucking console now. And this one is still selling extremely well because it's convenient and it's portable and all that other stuff. But now you got Steam Deck in the market, which is, like, Mm -hmm. I think it's destroying a portion of their market share. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Because the dock think, and the portability factor, that was the big draw for Switch. It's like, oh, I can play it handheld mode on the go. And then if I want to just sit back and game on my TV like I want to when I'm at home, I just drop it in the dock. Yep. And that was really the only system that was doing that. But that's totally. not, not the case anymore. No. No. 100%. And I, you talk about that too. And so this came out. It seems like some of the pricing for that ROG Ally got leaked. And it actually seems like it's really competitively priced and way fucking lower than I thought it would be. Yeah, that surprised me too when I saw that. My thing, though, is that 600 US for the 256. Yeah. So that's, totally. that's yeah. higher than the Steam Deck. Yeah. My other but... interesting thing... So here's where I stand. I think it's super amazing and I'm mm-hmm. happy to see competition so that more of these type devices can be built and put out there. Yeah. My thing with Asus though is like price aside, that's what their alleged leak prices are. Yeah. This that's is the, uh, so this never, is great assault. Yeah, that's well, but it's never reflective of what happens when it actually comes out. No. And then you take availability into into um consideration. Like at one point when I was looking at a new laptop the Asus Rogue laptop. I think it was, no, the Asus Rogue Zephyrus. It was a 14 inch laptop with a dedicated GPU in it. It had an NVIDIA like 3060 or 3070 in it, but it also ran an AMD chip. So it had incredible battery life, incredible efficiency, and just super great performance because it was the low TDP of the AMD chip, but the graphical power of an NVIDIA fucking card. And I was like, Okay, cool. And they're reasonably priced. Yeah. Couldn't get them anywhere. Nowhere. Yep. Like, short of buying it from a third-party reseller at, like, quadruple the fucking price, you couldn't get them out of Best Buy. You couldn't get them out of fucking Walmart. You couldn't get them out of Memory Express. Asus, if you don't know, you can go to Asus' site right now. They don't sell directly off their website. No. In case you guys didn't know, you can't go to Asus.com and buy an Asus laptop. You have to buy it from one of their authorized fucking sellers even when i was looking at buying it in the states and having it shipped up here 
I couldn't fucking find them. I was watching like everyone under the sun reviewing them on YouTube and talking about how fucking great they were, but they weren't anywhere to be found. Yeah. I feel like this, especially with a new product that's untested and who knows, and they're just trying to compete with the Steam Deck. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think it's going to be widely available. Even if it is, yeah. even if they manage to undercut and make theirs cheaper than what the Steam Deck is, it doesn't matter if you can't fucking buy it. No. And like they're saying they're like launching worldwide. But like, I don't know like what the nitty gritty is. Like who are they partnering with to do that? Like who knows? And then does it, is it a case where whoever they're partnering with is, you know, tacking on an extra 50 bucks here? Maybe who knows? Like we won't know that till it launches, but Mm -hmm. So I'll be curious when it actually does launch. I mean, it's not too far away. I think it's only a couple of weeks, right? But. I think outside of uh, the YouTuber influencers who do this shit, like the LTTs and MKBHDs and like Retro Game Corps, like I think all those guys are definitely going to get their hands on it because they're the ones oh, who yeah. are going to spread the word. But I think units, right? especially, especially up here in Canada, you're never going to see one of those in a fucking store. And you're going to be hard-pressed so. to ever find one online. Because that's just how lo- like most of Asus' stuff is. And I'm yeah. not entirely convinced Asus is going to throw the same support behind it that Steam Deck does. No. Because one of the beauties of fucking Steam Deck is it has like 100% from, from Steam. They're constantly updating the main channel for the OS. They're constantly doing tweaks, performance, bug fixes, all of that kind of stuff. Their overlay that you can save per game when you launch from Steam OS. You load a game and you can already click the preset and all of the little adjustments that you can do for the machine. Like I use Asus's, what is it, Armory Crate software because I have an Asus motherboard in my unit right now. And it's fucking terrible. It's not super easy to navigate. It only works probably 50% of the fucking time. And that's even though every other day it seems there's an update for Armory Crate. But it's still like, oh, I'm going to turn my lights to this color. And then I'll go, I'm going to set my motherboard colors to blue. And it'll start pulsing rainbow colors. And I'm like, cool, that's not what I picked at all. Totally. But even look at like the Asus phones. No, yeah, totally. Like we're... When was the last time you saw an Asus phone in person? Have you ever seen an Asus phone? (laughs) No. Imagine that. Yeah. So it's like, like again, like I'm all for it. I would love to see some competition. And then, so that steam kind of like, not that they need to necessarily step their game up because I think they're doing a phenomenal job. I am absolutely in love with my steam deck, but you know, if there's competition, it lights a little bit more of a fire to be a little bit more progressive but I don't think you're going to get the same level of community engagement with the Asus as you do on the steam deck. And I don't think you're going to get the same level of support and the constant support. Like I don't think steam's going to like, they've already came out recently and said that they're not doing a hardware refresh. Maybe they might look at doing a slightly different screen as a refresh, but they want to keep the internals the same. So that way when people go on steam and they design a game, they can make a compatibility layer so that it works well with the steam deck. So it can be steam deck verified. And you go with the Asus, the Asus is cool, but it's at the end of the day, it's just a Windows PC, which yeah, totally. Ioneo already fucking makes all of those same devices mm-hmm. where it's just 
a small computer with joysticks and stuff already pre-wired uh, into the hardware that runs Windows 11. Actually, uh, I, I think it was a comment on Reddit somewhere, and it was actually, I read it, and I was like, yeah, that's probably the best comparison ever. It's like the, the Steam Deck is a console, and all these other handhelds are PCs. And I read it, and I was like, you know what? That, that's, that's actually a really good comparison. You can pick up the Steam Deck when you launch it. It launches into a console-like interface, and you just start playing and click and go, right? You know, these things, is it's it's a PC. You're, you're going to have to, I mean, Steam will probably be baked into it right from the start, but well, who knows what they're... That's, that's, a, that's a massive, and maybe people don't see it that way, that's a <clears throat> massive benefit. Mm-hmm. That's it runs on Steam OS, which is their operating system, because yep. they can control all the integration. Like, what happens if you buy an Ioneo or <clears throat> this fucking Asus Rogue Ally, which is just their hardware with Windows on it, and all of a sudden your fucking joysticks don't work? Well, I know they. I read AZ, like Asus is going to have like some sort of like. Steam Deck kind of thing where it's like you launch it and it's like, hey, here's the Asus hardware and you do everything through that. And then, yes, similarly, but at like, its core, it's still Windows 11, which Windows yeah, 11 totally. or Windows 10 or pick any fucking version yeah. of Windows you want. These things update and they break and things don't yeah. work and the fucking lines of communication between hardware and software get fucking cracked and fuzzled and breaked. And at least if that totally. happens with Steam, they push out an update. And somehow they broke how the fucking joysticks communicate and interact with the actual rest of the hardware in your operating system. They'll be like, oh shit, we fucked that up. Let's roll this back. Let's put out a new update that fixes this. Totally. If Windows 11 all of a sudden does a random update, which they do, people, even <laughs> yep. if you disable it, it'll still randomly update. And that yep. breaks how the software is now interacting with the fucking totally. touchpad. It's you totally. might not be able to use it. <clears throat> yeah. And Asus can't fix that because it's not their software. They don't own Windows 11. They have nothing to do with how Windows 11 yeah. is designed. And Microsoft does a fuck ton of stuff. Do you really think they're going to be like, oh shit, we're getting reports that our latest Windows 11 update is fucked up the the communication between the joysticks on the one device known as the Asus Rogue Ally. We're going to prioritize a new update just to fix this for those guys. Yeah. No, no. Not, not even a little bit. They can't the, even prioritize fixing their own fucking applications that millions and millions of people use. They're not... Yeah, and the ally isn't even solving that problem by adding trackpads. So it's like... <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I'll be... Like, I'll be curious how it works out. Like, I, I genuinely hope this thing comes out and it's like a banger, but I just don't know that it will be, right? Like, I would love for this to come out and people are like, you know what, this is great. This is like a a comparable unit to the Steam Deck, and it runs great. Like, I would love for that. But is that going to be the case? Eh. I think initially, maybe. (laughs) But again, initially, you're not going to be able to get it. Only certain fucking influential people are going to get it. All the hands-on I've seen so far, everyone has, like, been incredibly, like, praising how great it is and all these things that it does fucking better. But there are just some things that are out of Asus's control and that are out of your control. And like that being one, I don't think you're going to be able to get it, at least not for a long time without paying a really, really high premium and a markup from a third party. And I don't think that things are going to be smooth all of the time, given that they have no control over the OS. Like that's yeah. Steam's biggest advantage is they 
control the OS so they can control how everything fucking works and they can add and remove features. Asus can't do that. Asus, uh, yep. they built an Ioneo. All they did was a big company built an Ioneo. Yep. And the Ioneos are great. Those yeah. are super fucking great, but they're way more expensive than any of the fucking Steam yep. Deck offerings because they're a smaller company. And every time they build a new one and launch a new one, it basically goes through a Kickstarter with every new version that they offer. And they're totally. like thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars for one of those things. But totally. if you talk to anyone who's used an Ioneo, who's paid that premium, they absolutely love it. They say it's great. Yeah. But then you run into the issues with the operating system and the hardware and that kind of stuff. And Ioneo is hands off on that shit because it's not their operating yeah. system. They can't do anything for it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it's yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'll be I'll be curious once it's in the wild and people can actually do some further shit with it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And what else we got here? Did you see this fucking Unreal game that came out? This body cam footage game? Oh, yeah, with the dude with the akimbo pistols and stuff, and the, yeah. the actual real-world 3D mapped over it? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty wild. It's been a while since I've seen like an Unreal tech demo where I was like, wow, that actually kind of like I kind of stepped back and was like, holy shit. You know, <clears throat> it was just, yeah, I saw it, it was just like one of, one of those times where I was like, oh, that it's been a while since a tech demo or a game has kind of been like, oh, we're t like totally pushing this forward. I think it'll be so. interesting once we like really, really get there because I think whatever you're going to run it on, we're going to have, we're a few generation of console or PC where like the average consumer can run that level and that type of stuff. I'm excited yeah. for when we get there, but oh, I have totally. to wonder if that's going to be all the craze. Like I was watching that tech demo and I'm thinking to myself, like, this is really cool. Cause it, it looks real. It looks like a fucking like, and then I thought to myself, is that something I would want to do with a keyboard and mouse? Like, or right. would I want it to still kind of feel and look like a game, like to keep that distinguishing reality? Sure. Because like I was looking at that demo and I was like, I mean, this is cool, but like I wouldn't want to play this on a mouse and keyboard staring at my ultra wide monitor. But right. I was also like, if I slapped on VR goggles and this is what it looked like, then yes, that's a whole different fucking story. Yep. I would absolutely love to play this type of game totally. with a VR headset on because then it really is fully immersed. Totally. Yeah. I'll be curious when it comes out, but it's impressive. I like, I don't know if they have a release date for it or not. I know some press outlets actually like played it after this dude debuted like the trailer for this game he's working on, and some people were actually able to play it. But yeah, I'll be. I'll be curious and like I watched it back a few times and like there is spots where you can tell that it's definitely like a game like with some of the textures where I was like oh okay that's like it's a lot of this is like just kind of the way the camera work is done stuff like mm -hmm. that like you can definitely still tell it's a game in some places but like on oh, yeah, the whole for sure. it was like the the first watch I was like holy shit you know and then it was like the second or third watch I was like oh okay that's where you can kind of like piece the different areas together where it's like oh okay that's all that shit, but it was the flashlight. That's that's yeah. where I was like, oh, okay, this 
That's that's a video game flashlight. That's not a real flashlight. Yeah, and you can see like in some of the rooms, it's like the same textures, like for objects on the ground and stuff. Where you're like, oh, okay, that's like that's the same pile of leaves that he ran past in the other room, right? So it's, yeah, so but it, at first but, glance, it was crazy impressive. Yeah, at a fir- at a first glance, I was like kind of in the camp of like, what is this? Just some guy recording killing a bunch of homeless people in this warehouse mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i watched it again i was like oh no okay this is actually a video game but but yeah it was definitely impressive and it's been a while since like an unreal video had been like hey that actually looks kind of crazy cool yeah yeah it definitely looks pretty sick it's crazy to see how far we've i was just having this conversation with a buddy the other day who was playing some emulated games sure yeah and he was back playing like i don't know tony hawk one or something on a playstation yeah and he at first he was like this like emulation kind of thing that you like helped me set up he's like is it because my big screen tv is just blowing everything out and that's why everything looks so shitty i was like no it looks so shitty because you're playing a playstation game yeah He's like, really? Like, he's like, I don't remember graphics being that bad. <laughs> it's like, no, man, those, yeah. those were the they graphics. Were. Like, go to a used game store and buy a PlayStation and buy a video game. Like, that's, that's what they looked like. Yeah, which is like, at the time it looked yeah, really good because they, that's the best there was. Mm-hmm. But now you compare it with the Tony Hawk Pro Skater remake, and you're just like, what? Yeah, the fuck? <laughs> right. You know, it's like. If I want to replay Tony Hawk 1 or 2, I'm playing that remake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So, yeah. What else we got? Black Mirror's coming back. Oh, my God, man. I'm so fucking, so fucking excited. It's been too long. And the cast, yeah. man, like, Aaron oh, yeah. Paul and Annie Murphy and fucking Josh Hartnett, Kate Mara, Michael Sarah. I was like. Yep. Ooh. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I will take Black Mirror any day of the week. Give me give me future future fucked up stories from that guy. Yeah, all day, every day. The guy that read like fucking some bleak sci-fi when he was a kid and just was like, I'm gonna ramp this up to eleven and make it my career. <laughs> Speaking of Black Mirror, did you hear all the stuff about Aaron Aaron Paul with Black Mirror? No. So in that one episode with Jesse Plemons from like a couple it, seasons ago where he was like the captain of the starship, but it was all like VR and he was cloning people and putting them in that world. Right. Aaron right. Paul is the voice, does like a voiceover in that. Oh, does he? Yeah. He's the voice of like, I don't know, the starship crews or something or the AI or something. He does the voice. Anyway... When they were going to make that episode, they were like, well, who do we want? Like, what do we want for a voice here? And someone would have been like, well, in a perfect world, either like, it would be nice to kind of have that like Breaking Bad sounding voice like Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, something along those lines. And like the casting director was like, why don't we just ask Aaron Paul to do it then? And they were kind of like, I, I mean, can we do that? And they were like, yeah, we can absolutely reach out and see if he wants to provide his voice, just his voice. So they yeah. reached out to Aaron Paul. <clears throat> And Aaron Paul apparently is a huge fan of Black Mirror and said, absolutely, I would love to do it, but I have yeah. one condition. 
And they went, okay, what's your condition? And he said, whatever I do for you for this episode of Black Mirror, this has to make, like, I need you to make sure that this is done in a way that it's not going to prevent me from coming back in a different season and actually playing a character on the show. Sure. Sure. And they went, okay, all you're doing is a voice. So, like, you won't be a specific character. You're just going to be a voice in this episode. And yeah, when we make another season, if you want to come back and do an actual episode, and he's like, yep, deal. Uh, 100%. They didn't even tell Clemens that Aaron Paul was doing the voice. So when they were filming the episode and he heard Aaron Paul's voice, he was like just stunned because he had no idea that his former Breaking Bad actor friend was going to be doing one of the voices on his episode. That's kind of cool. And obviously that has all come to fruition because Aaron Paul is in this new season. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm really curious what this new season is going to be because Black Mirror has always kind of like played with real life events kind of where they're like it kind of ramps what's going on in the world to an 11, mm-hmm. right? You know, and I know it was funny, the creator, because it was during the pandemic or whatever. <laughs> the creator obviously knows what he does because they were like, when are we getting like some more Black Mirror? And the creator was like, you know what? I'm not really too enthused about making it during the pandemic because I don't think people want me to make that during the pandemic because he was like, I'll make a weird twisted <laughs> mm-hmm. version of it. And he went on to do a bunch of other like kind of mockumentary things for like the BBC, which I've watched a few and they're fucking great. So I'm curious kind of what he's going to make now. <laughs> and I have no doubt it'll be great, but, but how does he play on the last four or five years? <laughs> I don't know. You know. And like, I'm not going to lie. I love black mirror and I think it's a phenomenal show, but when I compare so, like, all of the seasons up to like the last season they did, Oh, I yeah. didn't think the last season was as good as previous seasons. No, so I don't think so So it's one of those shows but... where it's like, I want more Black Mirror. I want more Black Mirror all the fucking time. Yeah. But I also don't want dog shit Black Mirror. Like, no. if, you're, if it's going to be terrible episodes, then, like, maybe it is good to just not carry on. Because that last season, although it was, like, entertaining, it was definitely disappointing in comparison to previous seasons. So I'm really yeah. hoping that this goes back to being... The higher caliber that I felt like the earlier seasons were. Sure, yeah, and I think there was a lot of good stuff in the last season, but it was definitely I I agree where it was kind of like there was some weak shit in there where I was like, eh, you know, like that's you know you could have done better, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, and so yeah, I'm I'm curious, and it comes soon, doesn't it? Say it's this summer. Yeah, June, I think. So really quick, about a month from now. So, fuck yeah. I am... Now, that is probably my most, like, anticipated upcoming show is more Black Mirror, so. Yeah, I mean, I feel you. There's not too much... I mean, I'm pretty, pretty excited for Big Brother to finally start launching, but... Oh, right. Right. I'm so so happy I skipped out on Big Brother Canada again this year. Oh, uh, for some reason, I thought you, like, totally, like, vetoed Big Brother Canada from your life. I, I did, but then the one year I was, because everyone's always like, well, it's Big Brother still, and it's Canada, so, like, support local, and, like, it's, 
I've had many people tell me that they thought it was more entertaining than big than like the OG US Big Brother. So the sure. one year I decided to watch it, which was right before the pandemic, and within a few fucking weeks, they had one cast member leave, two cast members get kick off, kicked off, another cast member leave, and right before they're about to shut down for COVID, one of the people who was on the block, potentially going to be voted out of the house, also decided that instead of being voted out, they were just going to quit the show. So they had <laughs> lost like four or five fucking people in the first like few weeks and then they shut it all down because COVID was happening. So, so I was like, like <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck this then I'm not doing this. Yeah. And I didn't watch last year. And then this year I was like, well, maybe, but it genuinely irritates me when you have contestants that know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, and, totally. And then just like bow out of the show. Cause they're like, well, this isn't what I expected. Like, have you ever watched the fucking show that you just tried to get on? Totally. Totally. So that irritates me to no fucking end. And I didn't want to have to go through that again where I like start to root for someone or think someone's going to do good. And then they quit the fucking show because I didn't realize it was going to be like this. Right. Anyway, my wife is, is like watching as they come out. She's very much up to date on it. Right. And my understanding is they've had three or four people this season quit already. Of course. Not, Not get voted out. Quit. Actually quit the show. That's dumb as fuck. Yeah, so it's like, why would I watch this fucking show? Where, like, yeah. I don't understand. I don't know who the casting director is. I've never done a casting director role. Obviously, I have no fucking experience in that. But I am one hundred percent certain. One hundred percent. I'm, you know, I'm a thousand. I'm a thousand percent certain. If you put me in the role and gave me, like, the ability to sit down. Go through all these fucking video applications, sit down and talk to all these people, and you let me who decide who's going into that house. I promise you, not one of them is quitting that fucking show. They're all <laughs> sure, going to be yeah. fighting it out to the end, to the death. Yep. I don't know what these guys, they're. We are too susceptible up here to like the whole super liberal, super left, woke kind of shit. Like it's getting ingrained into our politics, which sure. I can understand, like being sensitive to certain things. Like I'm, I am more on the liberal side personally. Like I'm not a diehard conservative, not by a fucking country mile, but some of the things that people are getting like too offended by, it's like, okay, like that's not that big of a deal. And I think they're, it felt to me like they're pushing that into the show where they were going out of their way to find super liberal, super woke, super, you know, those kinds of people. Sure. And then going, oh my God, I, I can't believe that this extremely sensitive person was put in a position where they might be kicked out of the show and couldn't handle that, so they just quit the show. Right. Because you know these people are going to go out into the world and they're like, well, I, I never got voted off of Big Brother. I quit the show. I took a stand because <clears throat> people were being mean in there and talking behind my back, and I don't stand for that bullshit. I believe in moral character. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what pisses me off so that's i was that's the, that's the point of the show yeah so upon learning that i was like cool i am super happy that i didn't waste my fucking time watching big brother canada again this year sure yeah. and I, I say that as a canadian i love my country but i don't like that show true i don't think i've ever watched the canada version so every year that i go okay this year i'm gonna do it i'm gonna watch it I never get 
passed more than like a month or so. And I'm like, this is not very good. Sure. Sure. I walked upstairs to like grab something and the wife was watching an episode and I don't know who he was, but he was sitting there and he was like talking and he, I don't know if he was one of the people that quit, but he was talking about quitting the fucking show and leaving because the way the people in the house were acting were against his like moral and ethical and like fundamental beliefs that the way people were acting two faced and snaky and saying one thing to your face and doing something behind your back that went against what he thought is good moral character. And so he was thinking of leaving the show. Motherfucker. That's the point of the show. That's 100% the point of the show. Yeah. That's why I'm saying, I don't know who the casting director or directors are, but I am with no experience and having no idea what that job entails. I firmly believe 1000% I could do a better job. Yeah, sure. 1000%. Sure. Sure. Why not? Oh, big brother. Mm. Yeah. I'm only excited. A big brother us is a month or so away and I'm very much excited for that. Yeah. What happens every time is like big brother comes out and I watched like the first few episodes and then I like miss it for a week and I go, oh fuck, there's so much backlog that I just like end up just not. Well, <laughs> you know what else they did this year? What? <clears throat> so one of the biggest, I don't know, selling features or reason to get invested in the Big Brother television series was you can get the recaps by watching the three episodes a week, right? If you didn't just want the recaps, you could go on the internet and watch the live feeds. I mean, the show is called Big Brother. You're being watched 24-7. And there's been many a times over the years where I've gone in and I've watched the live feeds to see what is going on. And it gives you you a completely different perspective. I remember one season in specific, the way the show kept painting this guy, Caleb, they kept painting him as like kind of like a lovesick stalker who was in love with this other chick in the house and was trying to sabotage anyone who got in his way because he was head over heels and that's how they made him look on the show i want to say that was the year i was also super into big brother and we were both watching the live streams and if you actually watch the live streams it's like that's not who he is at all like that's not the way but they made him look that way on the show totally well this year because the COVID year, they had the two people get kicked out of the house because they were like uttering, I don't know, more or less death threats at each other. They were no. like, the one guy was like, oh, you better watch your back because, you know, when you get out of this house, you might catch a bullet or some, some along those lines. I don't remember exactly what it was. So sure. Don't quote me on any of that shit. But he made a joke or a comment, I guess. Maybe it wasn't a joke. Maybe he meant it, but he made a comment like, you're not safe outside this house. But not like a direct threat, like not like, hey, when we get no. in this house, I'm going to kill you. It was like, you're safe here, but like, you're not fucking, you're, your mouth's going to get you into trouble when you're out of this house. You're not fucking safe. And they took that as like a death threat and they kicked the one out and then they kicked the other guy out because he had provoked the other guy to give the death threat or whatever it was. Okay. Since that all went down this year, they decided, you know what? It's too risky to allow the public to watch all this stuff on live feeds. So we're just not going to do it anymore. What? Oh, fuck that. I haven't like checked to go on their site to see if this is 100% true. But before this season started, the, <clears throat> the word on the street was instead of live feeds, you could watch like basically a daily supercut where they would take all the footage from a day 
compress it into like a three hour block and you could watch like the, a three hour long super cut of everything that took place that day behind the scenes and then still watch the super compressed television versions when they aired on TV. But they were taking away the legitimate live 24 seven access to the feeds nah, from the that. general public. And that fuck was that. like the final nail in the coffin. It's like, cool. Fuck that. No, this isn't big no. brother anymore though. This is just another game show where people live in the same house. Change your name. Stop calling yourself Big Brother because you just gutted what was at the heart of this fucking television show. Yeah, a core aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's fucking dumb as fuck. Yeah. That's real dumb. That... I'm really curious if they actually go through with that and what the actual fucking (laughs) audience reaction is because I would suspect the core people like the core fan base of that show would be like yo fuck you (laughs) we want this back in a seismic shift for reality television big brother canada has announced that it is doing away with the 24 7 live feeds that allow fans to watch every single second of the action in terms of what sort of shenanigans the contestants are inside the house oh so it's the canada version of course it is of course it is. And they they moved away from it, quote, in an attempt, or sorry, in an effort to, and I quote, evolve, end quote, the show. Nah, that's just a step back. So yeah, you uh, can't watch live feeds, so it's... what's Is the, there I, any inkling that the u.s one's gonna do that too or? i don't know man the big brother subreddit when that news came out they were all like oh my god if fucking the u.s does this i'm done with it oh yeah, and totally. like honestly the last season or two of the um u.s big brother like i haven't actually really watched much of the live feeds maybe periodically for like 10 minutes if i got something else and i put something on in the background sure but I do routinely go through the subreddits and stuff where people are doing live feed updates like, hey, this just happened. And like, what's important? It'll be like, yo, this crazy shit just happened in the live feeds. If you didn't watch it, here's here's what's going on. Here's what was said. Here's who's fighting what. And I do read that stuff. And if you take that away, then I honestly might give up on Big Brother US as well. Like, sure. You call it Big Brother. The premise is you're being watched 24 fucking seven by the people. Not by the yep. producers. Yep. So I don't I don't know. We'll see. But I am one hundred percent never going back to watch Big Brother Canada again now that they've scrapped the live feeds. Yeah, sure. It seems like there's no point. Cause that seems absolutely ridiculous. Yep. I would love to meet the person who made that decision and just be like please slowly explain your rationale for that <laughs> so I can tell you how fucking dumb it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, cause Big Brother, like that name and kind of franchise yeah. gets licensed out from like the OG create creator, sure. right? Like they yeah. kind of do a spinoff and they do Big Brother Canada, but like it, they would still have to pay the for the rights and all that shit. Yeah, it should come as part of the fucking deal. Yeah, totally. Like it should be whoa, like whoa, whoa. this is yeah. You can't call this Big Brother if you yeah. aren't gonna offer live feed access. Yeah, it it should be baked into like whatever the contract is. Yeah, because that's dumb as fuck. I agree, but I digress. Fucking big brother. And what else we get here? Bob Odenkirk, he's gonna be a part of season two of the Bear. Yeah, that's exciting. And 
everyone is happy about that. I mean, <laughs> that I show is great, and Bob Odenkirk is great, so... Yeah, fuck yeah. you. How could you not be happy with that? Yeah, pretty much is, like... It's a win all around. So, I mean, there's not much to that news other than, like, an already great show got a really good cast member added, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I haven't honestly watched uh, too much new stuff. I kind of am keeping up to date with Yellow Jackets. Yeah, me too, which and, is on a break right now. Yeah, and I kind of feel now that I'm completely up to date, I kind of understand where you're coming from, where they're doing the flashbacks to the kids and it's becoming spooky, spiritual, listen to the fucking pine needle bullshit. Not yeah. overly hyped on that. Uh, well, I'm torn because like, it seems like they're flirting the line of like, do they want to go full lust and just like, oh, there's a bunch of spirit stuff in the woods and, but it's like they're not ready to commit to it. Maybe and they're that, just like, they don't have anything else written and they're feeling it out. What's yeah, the reaction? And, like, and I look at that and I'm like, just commit to it. Like if you're gonna commit to the weird fucking paranormal stuff, commit to it, and I'll probably like it. Yeah, but this whole constant like, ooh, is it, isn't it? It's like, okay, you've been giving me the have not game for like a fucking half a season. Like, I'm kind of tired of it. Like, pick one. Yeah. Like, stop doing the is it or is it not? Like, fucking pull the trigger and like do it. Don't just like keep fucking teasing me with this because like it's getting to the point that you've done it too much where I'm just like. <sighs> Fuck, come on. You know. And I feel you. And I'm still not sold on the modern modern day stuff, except for the, uh, what is it, Christina Ricci's stories. Like, that stuff's all right, but, like, the rest of it, I'm like, eh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You know, here's a good idea. Let's, <sighs> I want there to be any secrets with my, like, teenage daughter, so I'm just going to admit to her that I killed yeah. this dude. Because I thought dad was having an affair and your dad was actually trying to threaten me and my fucking high school friends for money. I'm just going to tell you all this stuff. And then I'm also going to be dating this undercover cop. <laughs> it's like, fuck it. It's just like, I I see those modern day storylines and I, I pick up my Steam Deck. I'm just like, eh, all right, I, this doesn't need my attention in the fucking slightest. Mm -hmm. And then they go back to the woods and I put my Steam Deck down and I'm like, all right cool this is kind of the stuff i'm into and then they don't commit to anything and i'm like and then it just gets frustrating and i'm like ah. it's just yeah it's like they don't know where they want to go with that show and like the first season didn't really have that problem at least when they were in the woods like they had a mm -hmm. pretty good idea of where it was gonna go and it had a fairly decent payoff but the second season it's just like it's like they're it's like they don't have the season written out ahead of them. <laughs> it's like they they write an episode and then they're like, shit, what are we going to write in the next one? Yeah, fuck, All what right. do we do now, guys? And it's just like, what are you doing? Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel you there. So, but I, I watched that. The wife has it's been watching Shrinking. Oh, okay. Is that, I is have consensus on that good? Yes, everyone I've talked to so far has said it's fantastic, and the wife absolutely loves it and says it's okay. like incredibly hilarious. So it's on my list, but I haven't personally watched it yet. But I've had several people say it was fantastic. Yeah, it's it's in my queue, but like 
I got to the point where like the other day I was like my TV queue is like like I went to look back. I was like recently added TV and I had like went back because I was like I know there's some stuff that came out like six months ago that I didn't get a chance to watch that is like finished. Turns out there's stuff from like a year ago where I was like, oh right, that came out and I totally wanted to watch it, but it just got swept under the rug. So like right now I'm actively trying to go through and just like start from there and just like pick one show and it's just like all right this is what i'm gonna catch up on and this is or this is what i'm gonna start and then if it's not a weekly running thing like succession then i'm not gonna like add it like start it so yeah fair enough i did the same thing like i like i'm four episodes behind on ted lasso still sure i'm what was the other one i just saw hello tomorrow i think i watched the first and the second episode, and I haven't gone back to touch it yet either. Right. I fucking so. I just cleared up Yellow Jackets. I just cleared up Rabbit Hole. I just cleared up Succession the other right. day. Succession is proving to be fucking amazing in this last season. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed that it's the last season, especially because like we don't have that many episodes left if it's ending at ten. But it was super interesting, and not this last episode, the episode before where they announced made the decision that Rome and uh, Ken were going to basically step up and start running the company. And Ken right. like sits down and tells the guy to like put the press release out. And he was kind of like, uh, well, like, should I do this or that? And then Ken gets that fucking smirk on his face. He's like, do you want yeah. me to go get out the strap on or what here? And you're like, Oh cool. So you didn't learn any of your lessons after fucking up like the pra- last three seasons where your dad was like, you're not, ready to do this you're a poser essentially you think you're some big dog and you're puffing your chest out but you don't know what you're doing and then that just all came fully around and like i was always like kind of rooting for like the fucking roy family right like low-key it's like yeah they're kind of fucking cocksuckers but you kind of want to see it work out for them but then this last episode like hash like sorry spoiler alerts but when they're at the fucking retreat they're meeting with the fucking swede and then him and Rome at night when they're all having the fire and the little dance festival and stuff. And they're like, let's tank the deal. Let's, yeah, let's like, set out it, a press release. That, yeah. The, the talks are fucking not going well. And let's, let's tank this deal. Yeah. And then when they go up on top of the mountain to rediscuss and they start telling them about how bad the movie is and all the reshoots and stuff. And he yeah. immediately figures it out. He's like, you're trying to fucking Scooby do me. You're trying yeah. to tell me that I'm going to lose a bunch of money here. And like, I'm seeing press releases that talks aren't going well. Like you're trying yeah. to tank this deal. And they're like, no, we're just, we're just trying to do like full disclosure. And then Rome flies off the deep end and is like, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. You fucking, you're the reason our dad died. He was fucking dealing with this for six months. And then you made him fly to you. And that's when he had his heart attack and like, yeah, so fuck you. We're tanking the deal. And he just yeah. gets that smile and he's like, you're so fucked. Yeah. You're so fucked. And then fucked. when they're on the plane and he just makes a fucking egregious offer that the board is never going to turn down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, fuck, that was way higher than anyone could have anticipated. But then that fucking twist, man, where he calls Shiv and was like, can yeah. you take a picture of your brother's faces right now? So, you yeah. know, when they had their backroom meeting, he was like, tell me how to make this work and I'll basically fold you in and let you run shit. Yep. Which is hilarious because when they agreed to step up, she was kind of like, well, hey, I want to be a part of this too. And they're like, well, like three is too much. Yep. We'll keep you in the loop with everything and we'll include you. It'll be a complete split 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 between the three of us we're just going to be the faces of it and they started making decisions and kind of slowly pushing her out almost right immediately after and not letting her be involved and now she's 
fucking them. So it's like, oh, cool. It went from the kids trying to fuck the dad over and the dad trying to fuck the kids over to now it's the sisters like, all right, I'm the real fucking successor here because I have what it takes to fuck over my own family to get shit done. I think at the end of the day, she's going to be the one who comes out on top because Rome's a pushover and Kendall's just unqualified. I did totally. Totally. I'm, Wild, though. It's it's super good. I Every time a new episode comes out, I'm just like, yep, give me this directly into my veins, please. <laughs> so, I'll be curious how it ends. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to end with all of them in collapse, honestly. I think, they're, totally. I think they're going to realize that Shiv is the one who kind of fucked them over with Alexander Skarsgård. Yep. And then I think they're going to kind of try and like fight her versus him. And then she's going to find out that he's not some fucking billionaire, floofy, take mushrooms, know nothing fucking guy. They're going to realize like, oh, this guy's actually a killer. He's like a super, super smart business guy. That's... He didn't luck into his fortune and his buying on advice of other people. He's actually like super intelligent with business. And I yep. think at the end of the day, all three of them are going to end up with nothing. Like they'll still no, have their fortunes, but I think he's going to take the companies. He's going to do all this other stuff and they're just going to be rich kids with nothing. Yeah, probably. Which is like the most fitting end ever. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know. turns out maybe your dickhead dad kind of knew what he was talking about. Yeah, pretty much. Turns out you all don't know everything you think you know, even though you keep telling yourself that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, so. So from, I added that a long time ago because I heard it was like super creepy and like one of the best kind of like suspense horror shows out there, but I haven't sat down and started watching it yet. Yeah, so I did the same and this was like in my like, Thing of going through my back catalog i was like oh yeah this came out like a year ago and i heard it was really good then yeah it totally is it's uh it's super creepy and it's got like a really cool premise so basically the premise and without spoiling anything is like this family is driving in an rv and they end up in this small town and they can't leave so they drive into the town and they're like hey you know can you point us to the highway and the people there it's very clear that they've been there for a while and it's like this hush hush thing where they're like remember your first time guys like just let them figure it out and so they like drive out to the highway and the road just takes them right back into town and so they're like well fuck and then the kind of episode goes on and then they crash this rv into like another person that's coming into the town because they're trying to get out so the kind of sheriff of the town goes out and he's like Okay, it's getting to be night, and some not-so-good shit happens at night. So you need to get back into town. And they're like, well, no, like, my family's here. It's injured. And so then this, they're, like, covering the windows of this van, and, like, the people that don't know what's going on are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what's so bad about, like, the night? And he's like, things come out at night, and it's not good. And it turns out that these kind of creatures, humans, come out at the night and, like, kind of mind fuck the residents and yeah it, like it's it's creepy and it's good and like all the actors are really good in it too and i'm only how many episodes am i in I'm six episodes in i think there's let's see uh, 10 i want to say yeah 10 and so i'm like halfway through the first season yeah well they're the but, second season's already started 
Yeah. So there's uh, two out of the second season already. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of starting it at the perfect point because by the time I finish the first season, a good chunk of the second season will be out. But yeah, it, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely got this weird, creepy vibe to it. And, you know, it's got all the people in the town and there's like some creepy old people that have been there for years like tens of years since they were a kid and now they're like 50 <laughs> so it's like trying to figure all this shit out and like what happens and and yeah it's decent like i I don't want to give too much away in case you're gonna watch it but oh i'm i'm going to it's on my fucking list but yeah it's super solid and it's like very much like it, it it's it's holding my attention and it's like i want to see what's going on on the screen right like i don't want to miss anything so it's see ya. All right. Definitely recommend that. And then, did you ever watch the show Hunters on Amazon? Yes. Okay. So, uh, so did I, and I really liked it when it came out. And apparently there was a second season that was also the final season, which in my quest cleared the backlog. I was like, oh, right, that came out. I don't know if you ever watched the second season. Of Hunters? No, I honestly did not watch the second season. No. Did you like the first season? Uh, I liked it initially, and then by the end of it, I was like, okay, like this is decent, but it kind of like, I don't know, tapered off for me, and then there was such a long fucking gap before they did a second season that I honestly, it just, I completely fucking forgot about it. Yeah, so did I until I saw it in my backlog. Um, but yeah, it was the second and final season, and I actually thought it was really good. You know, they ended it on a a really good way with like kind of wrapping everything up and if you liked the first season you'll probably like the second season is all i have to say okay so it was just like i finished it and i was like oh that was like really good i remember really liking the first season and it wrapped up and i was like okay that was good i enjoyed that that was a solid ass watch and yeah all right i did watch that fucking subway documentary you told me to watch about Oh, did you? Pretty much that and night. That night I went and fucking watched it. And it turns out there's a lot more to that story than... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I knew he was a terrible person and a fucking real creeper. But, like, I didn't realize how aggressive he was about it and how early on he was about it. And the fact that that one reporter chick, like, caught on immediately and started, like, trying to fucking bait him and get proof about it before yeah. anyone knew... Mm-hmm. And yeah, and like the head of his one charitable foundation and like all the fucked up shit he did with his like girlfriend and her two fucking kids and like, oh, yeah. oh my God, man. Yeah, it was fucking, that documentary was insane because it was like, like I said, like, you remember the articles that came out around the time and then you watch it and you're just like, Jesus Christ, why? I don't remember that being in the news. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it was there was something else. Yeah, there was way more to that story. And the only other thing I checked out was Ghosted. That was that it's a movie with Chris Evans and Anna de Arms. Oh yeah, it's on. That's on my list. I haven't watched oh, yeah. it yet. I've, I've. It looked the trailer made it look really good, but I've read some people's opinions since then, and they're like, it's pretty meh. Yeah. It, it, like, it's nothing spectacular. It's kind of like a mindless rom-com action movie. With those two people. It, it, that's really all it is. I mean, it, there's like, nothing wrong with that. 
no and that like i kind of came out of it being like this kind of what i was expecting out of it and i came out like not hating it but like it wasn't like amazing you know i think people maybe went in thinking oh chris evans anna de arms and that alone probably makes people like think it's going to be better than it is right mm -hmm. but it turns out it's just kind of like one of those action comedy kind of romance movies where it's just like oh it's kind of a cookie cutter one of those except anna de arms is the hero person and chris evans is just the average guy yeah you know but other than that but it's totally fine like i enjoyed it i was like yeah that was totally fine all right then. i don't know yeah that's really all there is to that i did see a trailer for bup kiss the other day and i'm actually kind of excited about that what is that it is pete davidson and it's a TV show that's basically like a slightly fictionalized version of his actual life. Didn't you already do that in a movie? That was kind of what fucking King of Staten Island was, yeah. Yeah, so he's just going to do that again? Yep. <laughs> I mean, a TV I'll show. <laughs> it looked good, though. Like, when you, like, watch the trailer and you see all, like, the celebrity cameos that are in there that are, like, playing themselves... Right. Because, like, King of Staten Island was kind of like him growing up and trying to figure his life out. And part of it, like, the idea was kind of based on real life, but there was a lot of fictionalizations and, you know, to yeah. make a story. Whereas this TV show is actually like shit that has really happened to him since he became famous and what right. his life yeah. is like since he's become famous. Right. It looks, it looks good, though. I just added it to the list yeah i'll watch that i like pete davidson and for the most part everything i see him in I, he's perfectly fine so well i'm looking at like what's upcoming and what i have like set to watch soon and like wool premieres on thursday i don't what's remember that? adding that <laughs> I, I have a whole lot of stuff like but that i added like it a long long calendar, time ago like, what the fuck is that and when did i add it yeah well, i have a, I had to have added it for a fucking particular reason. <laughs> I, I get that all the time. You know, like I, uh, one that's coming out this week is oh, Silo. Now, yes. It's an so, Apple TV show. Yes. That was previously called Wool. Now it's called Silo. Oh, okay. Weird. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. I don't know why they changed the name of it, but yes, that's what I'm talking about with Tim Robbins and Rashida Jones and they live in the fucking yeah. silo. It was called Wool. Right. Which I think that's, it's based off a book and maybe the book is called Wool or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Someone, or maybe someone at fucking TVDB just decided to change it. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know. And Love and Death has started coming out. I haven't watched that yet, but I'm pretty excited to watch that one too. Right, with uh, Elizabeth Wilson. Yep. Yeah, I'm. There's a bunch of stuff coming up on the calendar that, like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, that you're like, oh, that looks good. You added it, and now it's starting to show up, and you're like, wait, what's this? Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> that happens all the time where I look at the calendar. It's usually when I wake up in the morning and something gets, like, added to the NAS overnight, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I think mm. I'm most excited for Black Mirror in coming in June. Like, especially because that's coming in a month from now. I'm just like, give me that. Yes, I'm very, very much excited for Black Mirror as well. So, yeah. And Guardians mm. comes out next next weekend. I'm oh. excited about that. Yeah. I'll watch that whenever it hits VOD. <laughs> right, fair enough. I already pre-bought my tickets. I'm going Friday. Fair enough. I've just I've been so fucking burnt out on the Marvel stuff that I like I watched Ant Man the other night and I was just like uh, like not like now this is really doing anything for me anymore. I, I'm I, just I still haven't yeah. watched Black Panther too. I got halfway through it and it's just like yeah I like superhero stuff is like I like I even watched the trailer for like the second trailer for that Flash movie and I like finished it and I was like I'll watch it because Michael Keaton's in it. But like yeah. none of it is really doing anything for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. I don't know. I've yet to see like a new superhero movie where I'm like, oh man, I really got to see that. And it's just like nothing's coming out lately that I'm like, shit. Yeah, that's but, fair. But yeah. Right, well, I mean, the only other thing we got here is R.I.P. Jerry Springer died. Oh yeah, just the other TV day. Legend. Jerry Springer. TV legend who was, I don't know if he said he was ashamed, but definitely believes that his TV show was part of the cause to what he called America's fucking decline, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah. To to have the self-awareness that something you made is probably, is kind of amazing, right? Yeah. You know, I remember reading that too, and it was just like, you know, you're probably not wrong. You're probably not wrong. But I remember being a kid, homesick, watching Jerry Springer <laughs> on the couch because it was like there's nothing else on. Oh, and it yeah. was just like, yeah, that that show had some fucking crazy shit on it. <laughs> yes, it sure did. It's kind of it. It's kind of a historic TV show, I would say, in the sense that like it kind of ushered in that like crazy fucking almost reality TV, right? Yeah. So. But yeah, he's up there with kind of the icons of TV, I would say. Like Maury Povich. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I don't really have anything else other than that. Yeah, I don't really have anything else either. All right. So. Well, I guess I'll uh, catch you on the next one. Peace.